Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Uh, God is wonderful. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I could go on a little bit longer, but <laughs> God is so good. Um, and, 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 and let's not just take that lightly. Let's, let's, when when, when the Lord is here, he wants to do something. <laughs> and, and I sense that he's here in our midst. And, and the word is important. And you're going to hear it. I won't be before you long. Uh, and I hope that it ministers to you. And the worship was wonderful. But uh, him being here, his presence in this place can do more than what I can do. <laughs> what I can say. And I want to acknowledge that and acknowledge him. He's great. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. All right, so we're not doing Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> we finished that up, and uh, I, I must admit, I was so when you're when you're doing a series like that, and so it's been a, over a year now. Uh, every message has been through that series on the Sermon on the Mount. That it was easy to prepare because I knew what I was going to be preaching the next Sunday and the next time I pre- preached or whatever, and so it was difficult. I hadn't so it's been over a year now. And so I was like, oh, i got to come up with something. Or the Lord has to, not me, the Lord has to speak through me uh, 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 something new for you guys. And so it was like, oh, it was so easy to be the crutch of the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> but it was good messages. And, uh, but um, the Lord, I think, has something for you guys on today. Uh, we're going to be coming out of Jonah, um, the prophet Jonah. And uh, the title of the message is called Damaged Goods. God's redeeming grace in our lives. So damaged goods. Uh, Jonah 1 through 4. We, we can actually going to kind of skim through the whole book. It's only four chapters. Uh, but I'm going to use a kind of supporting text. It's Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. And it says, But it, deplete, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know. This is interesting because Jonah is angry. He's angry at the fact that he knows that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Isn't that crazy? Jonah's crazy. <laughs> Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. He wanted to die. Kill me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord says, is it right for you to be angry? Damaged goods. Jonah was damaged goods, y'all. <laughs> and so are we. So damaged goods. Now, I know that many of you uh, grocery shop, all of us have at some point been in the grocery store, and we look for what looks the best, right, when we're picking a product off the shelf. Uh, so many times if there's a dent in the can, I look to see if there's other cans without the dent, and I put the dent, dented can back in the back and take that. Some stores even have uh, where they put the dented cans in a discount bin or something, so you get that at a reduced price. I knew somebody who... If there was a can that was messed up, they would ask, hey, can you give me, even if it wasn't uh, discounted, they were asking, can you give me a discount because this has this was damaged. We do the same with produce. We want the best looking produce. 
Even though that may not be the best tasting produce, we want the best looking. We don't want the bruised produce. We'll, look, we'll skip over that. We'll look at that and say, oh, I don't want this apple. It has a gin in it. Or this orange has a brown mark. We want what looks good. Even with clothing, we want the best looking clothing. Um, some of us do. I'm okay with whatever I get. Um, <laughs> I live for the discounted clothing stores. Um, that has the stuff that's not sewn right or the hem is off a little bit. I don't care. As long as I can wear it, I'm good to go. Um, but some people don't wouldn't shop at those places. They want their clothing to be look nice and hem perfectly and stitched with the right color uh, yarn or thread. So we we are we're used to doing that. That's part of our society. We do this on a regular basis. It's what we're used to. Unfortunately, we we become so accustomed to what things look like, we do this also with people. We discard them. If they don't look a certain way, if they don't have a certain thing on, if they're not, uh, they, if they don't speak a certain way, if they don't have a certain education, we end up discarding them. We may not discard them the way we may discard a fruit, where we may throw it away, but we may throw it away mentally. Well, we won't engage that person. We'll say, hey, uh, they're not what I would normally hang around, so... I won't, I won't engage them. I won't talk to them. I'll, I'll, I'll discard them. And so you're used to doing that. I'm sure that the produce and the people didn't start out damaged. Somewhere along the way, life happened. And the cans and the people became damaged. Maybe they were hit up against another can. Maybe somebody was angry with them and lashed out. Uh, maybe they were dropped. Like I dropped a can. Um, I had some produce. Well, it's not really produce. Some canned goods. Sorry. So this is a good can. And I actually dropped this can in the store on purpose, and it started to leak juice out of it. And so sometimes we get leaky sometimes when we get damaged. We spill out on our, we spill out damage on the other people, right? And people can say, hey, they're damaged goods. Look at them. Um, so I'm not going to bring up the leaky canned goods right now, but because uh, it's damaged. It needs to be healed. Uh, maybe uh, maybe some other cans disliked this can (laughs) or maybe as people maybe some people disliked us and we became damaged that way Uh, maybe the can was doing something or the person was doing something sinful and became damaged in that way you get what I'm saying are we not ourselves damaged (laughs) Maybe the cares of this world became too much and caused some damage to us. We are damaged goods. We feel like we're in a bin of discounted merchandise that is dented, crushed, torn, missing parts, has ripped labels. No one wants to pay full price for the damaged goods. But the thing is about damaged goods, if the the integrity of the can is still good, the contents are still the same. So if you get an undamaged can versus a damaged can, you're getting the same thing in them in the same amount as well. But sometimes we seem to think that that is of less value because they have some scars. When God created mankind, he said he made us in his own image and declared to us, declared that we were good. In Genesis 1, 7, 27, he said this is good. In Genesis 1, he said, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. So at some point we weren't damaged. We were very good. Then the Garden of Eden changed things. Adam and Eve were perfectly created human beings who disobeyed God and ate from the 
ate the forbidden fruit from the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, and sin entered in through Adam and Eve, and we all became damaged goods because of that, for nothing else. And some of you may say, well, that's, that's my only problem was Adam and Eve. That's the only thing I have going wrong with me in my life. You're lying to yourself if you say that. <laughs> but we came in this earth damaged. And we've only added more damage to that as we became older. And uh, became uh, because we were damaged, we looked to this world to fix our damage, goodness. <laughs> and we looked to people and relationships and money and sin and sex and everything else to help fix us. And unfortunately, those things did not fix us. It only added to the damage that was already there. So therefore, God has made a way for us to be fixed. But let's look at Jonah, the angry, suicidal, unforgiven prophet Jonah. Also disobedient to that list. (laughs) Jonah, the runaway prophet, shows that he had a good deal to learn about God and to the extent God is willing to show mercy and grace. Every storm, so Jonah, and this is funny because Jonah was a prophet. He's probably one of the better known prophets because of the story, the children's story about Jonah being ate up in the well and uh, the fish, the belly of the fish. And sometimes we leave it at that. We don't get the full context of what Jonah was really doing and what, what it was all about. And how Jonah was really strange as a prophet, being, you know, re- reading some commentary that he uh, some people debate whether it was even a true story or not because Jonah doesn't fit the bill of a normal prophet. And I want to say definitely it's true uh, because there is no normal prophet <laughs> uh, because God can use damaged goods. And he's using Jonah, and and Jonah misses this point. We'll get to this later. But uh, God can use whatever he chooses to use. Uh, God sent a storm to help Jonah out. Every storm is not from the enemy. So in, in verse 4 of chapter 1 of Jonah, it says, Then the Lord hurled a violent wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose on the sea, the ship threatened to break apart. So God sent a threatening storm to break apart this ship because Jonah was disobedient. He wanted to uh, get, get Jonah's attention. And so many times if we have a storm in our life, we would say, this has to be the devil. And we've talked about this before. We said when you're the foundations and you build a house and the, and the word Jesus said, the storms will come. And those storms sometimes are by him, his choosing. He says, I'm sending a storm to prove a point to you, to get you in right relationship, to get your attention, to show you that you're going the wrong way, to steer you on the right path. So some storms are not of the enemy's making. Some storms are of our own making because we are disobedient. And so the God, God tries to get gets our attention. And this is interesting. In verse 5, and um, yeah, verse five, the sailors were going wild and crazy, and they went to the bottom of the ship. And it says that Jonah was in a deep sleep. And so that lets me know that even in the midst of a storm and in your sin, you can have peace. Jonah had peace. He was okay with his disobedience. He was so okay with it that he was willing to go into a deep sleep. Even a storm was going on around him. Chaos was all around him. But Jonah said, 
I, I know better than you, God. I'm not going to do what you told me to do, and I'm going to get on this ship. And so much, I'm, I'm so at peace with it that I can go into a deep sleep, and the storm that's around me is not going to bother me. That is leaning to your own understanding. We have to be careful not to lean to our own understanding. Because we can be in situations that are so wrong, but we can make them so right for us and say, well, I'm at peace with it. And the storm is around you. And other people may say, are you crazy? You see this storm? The ship is about to break apart and you're in a deep sleep. What is wrong with you? You can be at peace in your sin. (laughs) In a deep sleep. Even in his wayward state, Jonah knew to pray. And so he gets into the belly of the fish. Jonah knew that he needed to pray. And God gives Jonah a second chance in verse uh, 3. And he says, uh, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So the Lord talked to him a second time for him to get this right, to do the right thing. And then Nineveh responds to Jonah's message from the Lord in turn from their wicked ways. Jonah 3.10 says, then God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and did not do it. So it seemed like it would worked out, and Jonah would be happy, right? Jonah would be okay with what happened. He was disobedient initially. God sent a storm, got him on track, gave him another chance to get things right again. And then because God is God, He saves Nineveh. He doesn't destroy them like he said he would because they turned from their wicked ways. God saw their works. Then they had turned from their evil way. And he relented and said, all right, everything's okay. But Jonah's not happy. (laughs) And we'll get to that reason why. But isn't that so? So we're at a point now where God also says in our world, in our relationship, where we are now, is that, hey, I'm not going to leave you in a lurch in your sin. Yes, your damaged goods, sin was brought into this world, but I have a redemption plan for you. Everyone is damaged goods because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. In our brokenness, we search the world looking for things to fix us through the pursuits of relationships or money, and they don't repair us. And we discover there is no one or nothing that can purchase us as is but Christ. (laughs) No one wants us you know, the car for sale as is. And you know when you see as is, that means there's some problems that you're going to have to encounter. And they don't want you coming back to them saying, hey, there's some problems here. You said this and that. He said, no, I said as is. You got to take it as is. And isn't it, aren't we, I'm so thankful that God takes us as is. In our current condition, broken, sinful, separated from him, he loved us and sent his son Jesus to die for us. And that is the redemption plan, that God redeems damaged goods through the blood of Jesus Christ. The hope for all damaged good is found in God's Son, Jesus, who is the Savior of the world. In Christ, we no longer live as damaged goods, but as the righteousness of God. Through faith, we are saved from the insurator. Because <laughs> sometimes they burn damaged goods after they stay on the shelf for so long, they may throw them in the fire and burn it up. But we're saved from being burnt, and we're reconciled with God. There's not a work that we do ourselves. There's nothing we can do. This is uh, faith that we are saved by grace. We are redeemed. So in Jonah 3.10, it says God saw their works. 
And their works were, this was, uh, the king did something uh, very strange. So he did a fast. And he not only made the people fast, but the animals had to fast as well, which is unheard of. That it's one thing to say, yeah, we want to turn away from our sin and we're going to fast and turn our hearts towards the Lord. But he was like, hey, we, drastic, uh, this calls for drastic measures. And not only are we going to fast, but even the animals couldn't eat. It's like, wow, you know, wait a minute. That's strange. But he was so, impo- the king at that time was so wanting to get right with God because he knew the word of the God would be true. And he knew that God would destroy their city if they didn't get, turn their hearts towards him. And so he turned his heart. And they, even the animals had to wear sackcloth and ashes. Which uh, and before then, I, had, I don't think that had happened before. The animals had to be um, fasting and wearing sackcloth and ashes. But they called for drastic measures because they were in their sin. And they turned in their hearts towards the Lord. And that was the work that God saw. But now we don't have to do that work. The plan is laid out for us. All we have to do is accept it in faith that we are saved. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. All of us. All of us in the Greek means all of us. At one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace you have been saved. And I know many of us think that because we're so pious and so good that somehow my my works are mingled in. But you do not deserve anything (laughs) but the wrath of God. And it is by grace that you are saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Let's take take that in mind. The damaged goods now are seated with Christ Jesus. The can that was dented up, that was banged up, that had all these things happen to it, now because of this grace, we are now seated with him. And he did this because he wants you to know his expression of love and kindness towards us. And I don't think we understand how great his love towards us. And Jonah didn't understand how great his love towards his people was because he was so willing to write those people off. They didn't matter because they were living an unrighteous life. And Jonah felt like he could judge them because, hey, I'm Jonah. I'm the prophet. Little did he know he was receiving so much grace himself. For it is by grace you have been saved. So verse 8, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith, this is not from works yourselves. So before, the people had to do work, and God saw that work. But now because of Christ and the work, that, uh, the death of Christ on the cross and the blood, we don't have to work for that now. 
It is grace that is given to us. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. No one can boast on this. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. How are we like Jonah? Do we think we know better than God? Do we think we can hide from God? Like Jonah actually thought, you would think being a prophet, he would know that he couldn't hide from God, right? He thought he could get away in this ship and hide from God. And so many times we think that we can hide from God. Uh, Are you at peace living your lives the way you want to live your lives? Are you at peace with just living your life the way you want to live your life and not the way Christ wants you to live your life? Okay, we can be in a deep sleep and be okay with just being what we want to do. It is our, our opinions, what we want, where we want to go, how we want to live. We're okay with it. And we lull ourselves into a deep sleep thinking that that is okay. Because we live in America and we're free and we, yeah, we're independent and we can do what we want to do. And God is saying you're in a deep sleep and there's calamity all around you. And yet you're in a deep sleep thinking that you're okay. He's warning us. He sent a storm. Whether it is in this world system and all the chaos that may be going on in the world, and there's chaos going on in the world. And we can think that we're just fine the way we're going to work and coming home and fixing dinner and eating and going to bed and doing it all over again the next day. Not thinking about what he wants you to do, what he's called you to do, what grace has does he want you to extend to other people. Uh, is ministry important only if it's some relationship to us personally? So is only God important when it affects us? So when bad things come our way, then God becomes more important. And then our prayer life is turned in on high degree and we turn it up because, hey, that's my mom that's sick and that's my dad or that's my sibling or that's my cousin that's affected by that. And so now God needs to work on my behalf to heal those people or to work in their lives. And God is saying the whole time, all his people belong to him, and I want you to have a heart for all people, not just the ones that are, look like you or that are some kin to you or that are in your ethnic group or in your culture. We're so concerned about what goes on in our, our little worlds and our little sphere, and we so forget about everything else. And, and, and honestly, we don't just forget about them. We're like Jonah. We dislike them and don't want... God to do anything for them. Because we reserve God's grace, right? It's not God's grace, it's our grace that we get to extend towards these people if we so choose to. That's what we think. And that's what Jonah thought. It's my grace. I can do what I want to with it, God. I can run for you. You told me to do this. You gave me a word to give to these people because you wanted them to be saved. But they don't look like me. They live in a bad life. They've done some things and they are damaged. You were once damaged and still is damaged yourself. (laughs) Are there groups of people that we would rather hate than love? Like Jonah. Are there groups of people that we would rather hate than love? In Jonah 2.8, and this really stuck out to me, it says, Uh, Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. 
So this was in Jonah's prayer when he was in the belly of the fish. And even Jonah had the mind to pray. He said, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. So you can regard a worthless idol, your own opinion, your own political group, whatever it is, your ideology, whatever your worldview may be that not, doesn't line up with God's worldview. We regard that and we'll hold on to that. So that means I have to hate or dislike the other side because I'm holding on to this idol. And you're forsaking their own mercy, God's mercy. That's all God wanted to give his grace and mercy to people. And we're forsaking that to hold on to this ideology or this tradition or just whatever it is that you may be holding on to that's stopping you from being a loving individual that God has called you to be and to show grace, show his grace and mercy to the world. Those who regard worthless idols. So many times we think those idols are more important, but they're worthless. They hold no, they hold nothing to what God has for us and the love and mercy he has for us to show through us. The benefits of God's plan of grace, the benefits of this grace plan that he has for his people. And that benefit is in Christ, we, are have, we have eternal life, John 3.16. Other benefits, I'm going to go through some of these. The benefits, we are adopted into a whole family of redeemed, damaged people. <laughs> so now we are in a family of redeemed, damaged people. And we must learn how to live with one another. Uh, we are no longer in bondage to sin. Romans 6:14. These are all the benefits of God's plan of grace. Uh, the dominion of, of, of darkness is replaced with the kingdom of God's son whom we have the forgiveness of sin. We have forgiveness of sin. We have the Holy Spirit and its fruits in our lives. As new creatures in Christ, we enjoy a life full of his goodness and peace with God. And there are other benefits that you can list, your own benefits that you see. The benefit of being able to worship the God of the universe. And when you worship him, you see how small and insignificant you really are and how great he really is. God uses damaged goods. God specializes and uses damaged goods for his glory. Jesus gave himself to redeem us and purify for himself damaged people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. It's Titus 2.14. He has redeemed us and he's purified us, us damaged people, for his good works. He's called us to teach and make disciples of all nations. And this is a call for everyone. This is not just for individuals or small sector people. Everyone. He wants to use you to teach and make disciples to all nations. As damaged goods, we are privileged to be used by God and to share the joy and hope of the gospel to other damaged goods. <laughs> and the irony of Jonah is that he wanted to withhold God's grace from others while being the recipient of so much grace. We see that in our own lives, that we want to withhold God's grace and mercy to others while we are yet being the recipient of so much grace in our lives. The storm was God's grace, Jonah 1.4. That storm that he sent, that was the grace of God that tried to put him on the right path. The belly of, being in the belly of the fish was God's grace. It was saving him from drowning. Hearing and answering Jonah's prayer, while he was in the belly of the fish, God, and that's Jonah 2, too, that God 
heard his prayer and answered Jonah's prayer. That's God's grace. Even in the midst of his disobedience, God heard his prayer and answered it. That's his grace. Giving Jonah a second chance. That's God's grace. Expressing his anger to God about whom and whom and how he shows grace is God's grace. <laughs> Jonah's ability to be able to be angry with God in the face of all that he had done and God still not strike him down. Like, who are you to be angry with me on what I do with my grace and mercy? That's God's grace. Providing shade. So in, uh, in, verse, in chapter 4, sorry, Jonah is upset again. We read that Jonah's upset about he knew what God was going to do. He was going to save Nineveh, and that's why he didn't want to go share that word. And once he shared that word, they turned from their wicked ways, and God didn't destroy them. And he was mad about that. He was like, man, why, why are you mad about that? Because he thought they deserved the wrath of God. He thought he knew better than God about those people. And some of us think we knew, know better than God about some people, you know. And we know who we are, and we know who those people are. <laughs> They, they they deserve this, or they, they deserve to be messed up. You know, these countries over here, they're not worth anything. They deserve the hurricane or whatever the case may be. We write them off. Not saying those people are made in the image of God just like you are. And they may be damaged just like you are. But, uh, so in doing that, I mean, Jonah got angry, so God was going to show him a lesson, and so he... Jonah was mad, and he was sitting out, and the sun was beating on him, so God, uh, a plant grew up to cover Jonah from the sun and shaded him, and he was appreciative of that. And so the next day, uh, it was really sunny out, and the wind was beating up against Jonah, and the plant died. And so Jonah got angry about that, angry with God. Jonah's a weird character, man, and he was mad about that plant dying. And he said, you know, God said, you know, why are you upset about that plant that died? It was just here yet today, and it's gone one day. And you and you didn't plant it. You didn't invest in it. You didn't do anything to get that plant to grow. I did all the work. So why are you mad about it now it's gone? Because, because it was covering me. It was sheltering me. He said, how much more am I, God, God is saying, how much more should I be concerned about Nineveh? Those people are my people just as well. And God is saying, how much more? Is he concerned about the people at the margins, the people that you dislike, the people that don't look like you, the people that you write off and say, well, they deserve this because they live a certain way? God has said, they are made in my image just like you. And they deserve my grace and mercy just like you have received it throughout. Damaged goods. So we, we must not relegate people to uh, write them off because they have some dent. It may be a leaky can. and You know, I just want to put them back on the shelf. Uh, God is willing to purchase you as is. He didn't. Um, the good thing about uh, Christ and being in relationship with him, he doesn't require you to get yourself together before you come to him. He doesn't say, hey, clean yourself up and then you come to me. He says, come to me and I will clean you up. And so it is important for us who are the bearers of God's grace for his hands and feet in the earth to be able to go to people and say, 
you don't need to be cleaned up. You don't, you don't have to have it all together. I'm not saying you don't need to be cleaned up, but God will do that. You can still come the way you are as is. He will accept you and bring you in, and he will change your heart. This is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. It's about a heart change. It's not about this exterior. It's not about a fixing the dents in my can so that I look good when I come to church, but inside I'm still a dark devil. Um, but he's going to clean you up. Let him do the work that he, he wants to do in your life. And let us be the vehicle for her to show his mercy. Not like Jonah. Not running away. Not being angry about God's mercy and grace being shown to people while we're getting all that grace and mercy ourselves. But willing to show the love of Christ to everyone. I have to check myself sometimes. I and some friends, we run. Um, some days, not all the days, um, some days we get together and run. And there's a, a person, uh, I'm assuming that this woman is homeless and we see downtown sometimes. And this one we wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a whole lot. We would pass by and just kind of quickly pass by. Sometimes she will be speaking. I don't know, she has maybe have some mental health issues. But um, me and a buddy was running and I said, you know, I said, I don't know why we don't engage this. If it was just someone standing on the corner, I would say, hey, how you doing or something. I'd try not to engage. I said, I don't know why we don't engage this person. I mean, she's made in the image of God. She needs, you know, she wants to be seen as an individual as well. I'm, we're running, so I'm not going to have a whole long conversation unless, unless the Lord lays on my heart to have that. Uh, but just to acknowledge someone, the humanity in people, uh, just, to, just to say, hey, or good day or good morning or good evening, just to acknowledge that, hey, I see you, you're human, and I can engage you even on the simplest of level. I'm not even trying to share the gospel, I'm not trying to come out with some tracks or have the script open up a scripture, a Bible verse, or Bible study with you on the street corner. Just acknowledging that you're human and you're there, I will say good, good morning, good afternoon. And maybe the Lord, the Lord will work on me and do more. <laughs> and he has because we've said more to her and she's, she's responded several times. But it was teaching me that, you know, I had kind of wrote, discarded her. She didn't look like she was, like she needed, I don't know. I had discarded her in my heart and in my mind. And the Lord had to work on me to say, well, she is my child just as much as you are. And she's deserving of the grace just as much as you are. And so there may be people in your lives, your coworkers, there may be people on the street corner that you try to avoid that the Lord is saying, hey, that's, you're the light. How are you going to be light walking across the street because you don't want to just say hey to someone or you're afraid of what someone may say or how they look because they don't look like you or they don't dress like you. They may have the money that you have. And they haven't experienced God's grace the way that you have experienced. And God is wanting you to be the vehicle to extend that grace to them. So, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. And we just pray that this word falls on good ground and that we begin to extend your grace to the world. Unlike Jonah, we don't own it. We can't save it all up for ourselves and be disobedient because we think other people are deserving of less. But it is your grace and mercy. And so we 
give it lavishly the way you've shown it to us, Lord God. And so we pray that we continue to share your love for God's people and that you will see them change. It is not us to do the work to change people, but your Holy Spirit will work in their hearts and that they will change and be more like you. We just thank you again for your grace and your mercy in our lives. And we just continue to pray that we become more like you and vehicles of your grace and mercy in the earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.